Welcome back to another episode of What the Bump. We have Brienne Tower on the podcast to share both of her birth stories. She has a four-year-old and a one-year-old. So the this is going to be part one, basically, where we, she is telling her first birth story. And in her first birth, she ended up developing preeclampsia, which ended up developing even further into HELP syndrome. And she had her first daughter at 33 weeks and six days via emergency C-section, and that was in 2017. So like I said, this is part one where she is gonna tell that birth story. I hope you guys enjoy this. Hello and welcome to What The Buck. My name is Jennifer. I am a labor and delivery nurse and a certified labor doula. This podcast is created to inform and empower every woman on all of their options surrounding their pregnancy. Join me here every Monday at 9 a.m. as we dive into all things prenatal, birth, postpartum, and so much more. So let's jump into today's episode. Welcome back to another episode of What the Bump. Today we have Brianne coming on the podcast to share her birth story. She's in Alberta, Canada, so um, pretty cold up there, right? Yeah, it's not bad now, but it oh, okay, was good. really cold in January. Do you guys have snow right now? Oh yeah, but okay. it's it's weird. February is usually really cold, but it's just it's starting to melt. But last month was like we hit like minus fifty. I think we were like the coldest place on the planet. Oh no no no! Yeah, well, props to you for for being able to to withstand. I'm sure it's beautiful though, all in the same. So <laughs> yes, it makes Christmas really nice. I'm sure. Awesome, Brianne. Well, tell me a little bit about just yourself, your family, and how you met your partner. Um, so I met my husband, Brian, back in 2012. We're just coming up on 10 years, actually. Um, and he was working for um, just a local politician. He was their campaign manager. And my mom was like treasurer, some important seat on her board or whatever. And she basically just told me that anytime I wasn't in school and I wasn't working, that I was going to volunteer my extra time there. So I like to tell people that I was voluntold what to do by my mom instead of volunteering. Mm-hmm. I mean, she did pay me. So I mean, it wasn't that hard. Right. But yeah, um, I met him there and we secretly started dating. We thought we were so like quiet about it. No one knew. So now after the election was over, we're, we're like, yeah, we're dating. And they're like, great. We know what else is new. And we're like, what? <laughs> but yeah, so that was 10 years ago. Um, we've been married for almost eight have a dog two kids we just bought our first home um he's a COO of a company I'm a nurse we're just kind of living our lives up in one of the coldest places on the planet (laughs) that's awesome what kind of nurse are you um I am a post-acute ortho rehab nurse gotcha awesome that sounds exciting (laughs) it's a mouthful when I say it out loud it is that is say it one more time A post-acute ortho rehab nurse. Yeah, that is definitely a mouthful. Yeah. I had to like break down yeah. each one of those to think about what you like, what you actually did. You know, it's yeah, definitely a mouthful. <laughs> yeah, it takes me a while to think about it and like actually put the words out there properly. Yes, awesome. So you have you have two babies. You said how old are they? Uh, my oldest is four and a half, and my youngest just turned one. Awesome. So do you want to kind of, I guess, recap your first pregnancy and birth? And then we also can, are they boys, girls? Both girls. Both girls. Okay. So tell me, I guess, a little bit about finding out you're pregnant with your first daughter. Um, so it was, I remember it was a weekend and I was getting up to go to work and I, it was pr- before I got pregnant was a stomach sleeper. And I woke up in so much pain. My boobs hurt so bad. And I was like, oh my gosh, what is going on? Um, because I honestly didn't think we would get pregnant, like on our first try, I kind of like sat my husband down. And I was like, don't get your hopes up. Like it could take like up to six months. 
And so I was like, okay, I'm in a little bit of discomfort, like in pain, I'm going to go to work and then I'll buy a test on the way home. Um, Cause I didn't really think that I was pregnant, but also I've never experienced like tenderness through my breast during menstruation. So um, yeah, I went to work, picked up a test. I peed on the stick and it was positive And I was like blown away. I was like, at fertile myrtle apparently <laughs> but my husband was sick so he was sleeping and I'm like okay so like now I have this opportunity to go um do something cute and like surprise him because I hadn't really thought about it that far I didn't think it would happen on our first try and so I went out to the store and I bought like a cute little onesie and I tried to find something that said daddy on it and they were all just very much boy stuff so I wanted something that was a little more gender neutral um, I picked up a jug of milk on the way home just to uh, play along with my cover story and I put it up on our bed and I left it there and he proceeded to sleep on the couch for the next three hours. <laughs> so I was like just sitting there patiently waiting and starting to get a little antsy. Um, but then when he saw it or he came upstairs and our dog jumped up on the bed and literally laid right on top of the onesie and the pregnancy test. And I'm just like, oh, great. So what am I supposed to do now? So I like shoved the dog out of the way after like 10 minutes. And he's like, what is this? And he dropped so many F-bombs. Like I've never heard him swear so much because he was literally shocked. And I was like, yeah. So when I said it could take six months, I guess I was just kidding. Um, and then after that, I got like such bad morning sickness. I was sick all day, every day. I was working, I think at this point, part-time. So about 20 hours a week, but I was going to school full-time because I was still in school for my nursing degree. Um, but like I was puking like left, right, and center. Some days couldn't even hold down water. I went for my... Uh, second because I saw my GP at five weeks and then I saw them again at 10 weeks because I never did an early ultrasound dating ultrasound um I saw them again at like 10 weeks and I lost like five and a half six pounds and she was like all right so this is like a little bit the wrong way you should be gained a pound by now um so she gave me diclectin and she's like, don't be a superhero, just take it. And I told myself, I was like, if I'm still sick after 14 weeks, I will take it. I think the last day I threw up was 14 weeks one day. <laughs> so I need to say I didn't take the diclectin. I should have, but I didn't. Um, and then up until 33 weeks, my pregnancy was pretty uneventful. I mean, I had all the symptoms. I had the headache, I was swollen. I was exhausted. Like, I don't know what women say when they say they get their second wind in their second trimester because I've never gotten it. If anything, I just become more of like a sloth. and I just want to like sleep and hibernate. Um, but yeah, I hit 33 weeks and I just finished um, my first week um, for my second rotation at the hospital. And at that point, like I was working full-time hours and then almost working full-time hours at a hospital. So I would work, like I'd get there at the hospital at 6.30, we'd be done our clinical at 2.30, I'd go home, I'd sleep, and then I'd work from like seven to midnight and then sleep and then get up in the morning. So I was doing that for like a month or two prior to crap hitting fan. Um, so yeah, 33 weeks, it was May and it was like, insanely hot in me it was like 33 degrees 
Celsius, which I'm not sure what that is in Fahrenheit, but it's probably close to 100, I'd say. Um, and I was like physically uncomfortable. Like anywhere I looked, it was just, I was dripping sweat. I had a massive headache. I thought I hadn't drank enough water that day. And so I guzzled back like six glasses of water. I spent the majority of my evening in the bathroom or sleeping, which is really rare for me because there was a hockey game on. The Oilers were in the playoffs. Um, that's our NHL team here. And I slept through the entire thing. I'm like a big hockey person and I slept through the entire thing. My eyes physically hurt so bad that when I opened them, I was almost crying. I couldn't raise my eyebrows and I was like, okay, so something's wrong. I went home and I only had like a manual blood pressure cuff and I had to like kind of walk my husband through how to hold it because there's not enough arms to do that on yourself. Right. And my blood pressure was like 150 over 100. And my baseline is typically like 110 over 65, 70. So that was like very high for me. So I went to the hospital and they monitored me. I just went to our local hospital, not where I was delivering. Um, and they monitored me and by like 4 a.m., my blood pressure had like stabilized again. It was like, I think a hundred over like 71 or something by the time I left. But I puked a couple of times while I was there. Um, at that point, there was like no protein in my urine. And they said like, maybe you were just dehydrated. But I knew like at that point, I drank enough water that I wasn't. Um, so we went home, we slept for a couple of hours because that weekend, out of all the weekends, we had our prenatal class. So I slept for maybe like three hours, got up, drove to the hospital that I was delivering at for this class because this was all pre-COVID. It was 2017 when we had our first. Um, I got there and like in the span of the 45 minutes that I was there, I threw up eight times. And I was like, I was just like, I was so emotional. I was like, I something's wrong. I don't feel well. And I was like, okay, girl, maybe you're just tired. Like calm down. Um, but I'm glad I went because the old, the one thing that I took from that class that is that if you are over 20 weeks in Canada, when you go to emerge, you go straight to the front of the line. You don't wait there and you don't stand there and wait an hour to be triaged. You go straight to the front of the line. So I went home thinking maybe I'll sleep for a couple of hours and I'll miraculously feel better. And we had left our dog with my parents because I didn't know how long we were going to be at the hospital. So he woke up after a few hours, drove to get our dog, and I just saw my mom and I just lost it. I was like, I just don't feel well. Something's wrong. So she took me to the hospital and my husband got a couple more hours of sleep because if he doesn't sleep well, you should just, <laughs> it's just best for both of us if he right. sleeps. <laughs> um, so I got there. They gave me a buttload of Zofran. They gave me all the fluids. I saw food for like the first time since, I don't know, it'd be like three days at that point because this is Saturday morning. So I don't know, Thursday night would have been the last time that I would have eaten um, and kept anything down. Um, I like made my mom go to Tim Hortons and grab me like broccoli soup. And I was just so excited. I was eating, um, but my blood pressure was starting to trend up. Um, I believe at this point there was protein in my urine and they were concerned about preeclampsia. Um, so they admitted me Saturday afternoon and they monitored me all Saturday night, all day Sunday. And then they discharged me Monday morning. Um, they gave me um, a first round of the steroid shot uh, because at that point, yeah, I was only 33 and 
three at that point. Um, so they gave me the steroid shot. I went home. I felt okay. And at that point, I was going to have um, a home care nurse come two to three times a week. Um, I felt okay. Tuesday, I was okay. Wednesday, I was in like, I thought I was in labor because my back hurt so much. I was so thankful that I called my OB on Monday because they said just to follow up with your OB. So I called and I moved my appointment up. And um, my mom drove me and my husband because my husband was kind of like shaking in his boots at this point. He was like, something's not wrong. He's like, I probably shouldn't drive. I should just focus on you. Um, but my mom had to pull over like five times on the way to the hospital so I could like puke or dry heave on the side oh of the road. Uh, yeah, it's a great story. <laughs> um, and then there was actually, we lucked out because at where we pulled over one time was like right outside of a gas station and a couple EMS were filling up. And um, they came over like, ma'am, are you okay? I was like, I don't uh, think so. <laughs> and they're like, okay, like, can we get you to the hospital? I was like, no, like, I'm going to see my OB right now. Like, he was just across the street from the hospital that I was delivering at. Um, so they're like, okay, do you think you're going to be, ma- you're going to make it? And I was like, yeah, it's literally just right up the street. I just got to get back into the car. Um, so we got to my OB's office. My mom went and checked me in while I proceeded to go to the washroom and vomit again. Um, and I, I got into his office. He's like, yeah, you don't look good. I'm going to need you to do labs on your way home. Um, so I went to, um, our local lab to get some blood drawn and to pee in the cup yet again. And I, was so lucky because I got to puke in that public washroom too. (laughs) So they took my blood. I went home. um, And the only thing that really helped me all night is I laid in the bath or the shower and I had the hot water running on my belly or my back at all times. I did that for like three hours. Um, I think I mentally blocked out what my water bill was that month. (laughs) Um, And I missed yet another Oilers game. So it was very out of character for me. Um, And so by the time I went to bed, I think it was like midnight and I felt okay. Um, I was woken up in the morning on Thursday from my OB calling and he was like, yeah, so your blood work doesn't look great. I want to admit you till delivery. He's like, you don't need to get here right now, but pack a bag, have a shower, have a good breakfast. And I want you here before 11. So we got there at like at 1030. And um, I got checked in and they were doing my labs, um, drawing blood every like 45 minutes to an hour. Um, And it basically went from, okay, you're being admitted to delivery to you're gonna be induced uh, within the next 48 hours to we are going to induce you tonight to you are having an emergency C-section. So it just kind of like, all hit me all at once and I was like pretty much just crying the entire time um my husband actually had to leave at one point because he had a job interview that day oh goodness um because he had been laid off like a couple weeks before so he had a job interview that day so I was like all by myself when they told me I was gonna have like an emergency c-section I like called my mom crying and I was just like hysterical the poor nurses felt so bad for me um but I think once I finally, my husband showed up, my mom showed up, my dad was there, family was there. And then I was wheeled into the OR around six o'clock. And by that point, I think 
I almost had to go under general anesthetic because my platelets, my anesthesiologist told me if my platelets dropped below 90, then they'd have to um, put me under. And the last blood draw that they did was 91. So yay. <laughs> Um, but I think my like liver enzymes shot up to 444. Mm. Um, my hemoglobin stayed pretty stable. Um, and then my platelets were just on their way down. So at this point they had said help syndrome, but like it was, there was just so much going on that I had no idea what was happening and I had no time to research anything. Was it and, like, your... you're so emotional. Was it your Sorry? labs change? Was it your labs changing like so quickly that made them go from like, we're going to induce you to like, we're actually going to do an emergency section within like the hours that you were there. Yeah. Okay. Like, so I, when I first got there, I think my blood work for my platelets was over a hundred, maybe like 105, 108. And by the time they had taken them like six hours later, I was at like 91. Oh, wow. So they were like dropping um and my blood pressure kept going up because when I went into surgery my blood pressure was like 186 over 124 Mm. I think so like stupid high did your husband Um, make it yeah he was there oh yeah he was there and he it's funny because he was not prepared to go into the OR at all um so he had to borrow scrubs from the hospital but my husband is 6'6 So these scrubs did not fit him at all. He was wearing flood pants. Oh no. (laughs) And like the extra large like scrub jacket that they had to give him because he's like tall and slender. It was just hilarious. But yeah, he made it. Um, Our daughter was born at 648 that night and they brought her over to see me, but I was crying so hard that my glasses fogged up. So I didn't really get a good look at her. Um, and so I like told my husband, I was like, follow her. I was very aggressive. (laughs) And, um, I remember the only thing I really remember from before she was born is I asked my anesthesiologist what that sound was. And he's like, that's the suction. I was like, oh my God, it sounds like a shop vac. (laughs) It's so loud. It's not what it's like in Grey's Anatomy. It is not that quiet. (laughs) Um, but yeah, so they took her to the NICU. Um, my husband got to do, uh, the golden hour with her essentially, because then I was in recovery. Um, and yeah, she went to the NICU and she didn't need any oxygen support because she was born at 33 plus six. Um, so she didn't need any oxygen support, which was amazing. All she really needed was a little bit of caffeine. She had one drop every day just to kind of like stimulate her brain to remember to breathe, but she was just a grower and a feed her. So she was only four pounds, one ounce when she was born. She was a wee itty bitty thing. That's amazing that, you know, born at 33 plus six, she didn't need any oxygen or, or anything like that. That's awesome. Yeah. She did really well. She thrived. Um, but she spent the next 17 days in the NICU. Um, and our bonding experience was a little bit different than with my second, just because I didn't get to hold her till almost 24 hours after she was born. Right. Like they wheeled me to um, see her in the NICU, but I didn't know that um, her like isolate could go up or down. So I really just saw her little toes mm. and then they had to get me back to the room. Um, but yeah, she spent 17 days there and she went home on like the best schedule every four hours like she came home pre-programmed the NICU I I swear that's NICU babies they come home like just on this schedule oh they know exactly what's up yeah they and like 
Yeah. And it was like so nice because it's like she came home with a manual because I spent <laughs> two and a half weeks with people who were like helping me along the way. Um, but I mean, I started out pumping, which was not fun when you have uh, when you just have everything thrown at you and then your nurse comes in 24 hours after you delivered and you're like, all right, you need to start pumping. And I'm just like, what? Because I had, I had no idea that my milk wouldn't come in on its own if I delivered early, especially because I had an emergency C-section. I didn't have, I never felt a Braxton Hicks. I was not in labor. So I had none of those natural hormones running through my body to stimulate my body to start producing the milk. So I had to do that on my own. And let me tell you, pumping 15 minutes each breast, so 30 minutes in total, because they only gave me um, a single set um, to get like three or four drops was so heartbreaking because I didn't know I was a first time mom. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to formula feed my baby. I'm not going to have any milk. And I mean, I should have just cooled down because like five, three days later, my milk came in and by day five, I was like producing enough to feed triplets. Yes. So I should have just calmed down, but you have all those hormones, right? So you just, yeah. you don't know as a first time. Well, really they should have, they should have told you that, you know, that beginning you're getting just little drips. And also, I don't know why they would only give you a single like flange pump. <laughs> I don't know. Um, that was in the maternity ward, but as soon as I went to the NICU, cause I found it better cause I was in the hospital six days afterwards for myself, typically in Canada prior to COVID it was about two to three days. Now they try and get you out in like a day in 24 hours. But, um, my lab work still started, kept trending downwards. My liver enzymes were still shooting up. Um, my platelets got as low as 50. And I was like, when I heard 50, I was like expecting that they were going to come in and give me like some sort of transfusion. And this resident just comes in all nonchalantly. And they're like, yeah, if you get around 10, we'll think about transfusing you. I'm like, excuse me, what? To I'll be like knocking on someone's door right. if I get to 10. Um, but thankfully, like after the Sunday, they started to trend back up. Good. So by the time they discharged me the Tuesday, my platelets were over 80 and they were keep trending up. And my doctor still had me do like weekly blood work just to make sure that's the way they were trending. Mm -hmm. But all of like my maternity nurses and the NICU nurses like could not believe that I felt so well because I honestly didn't feel bad at all. Like with where my labs were and the fact that I just had like major abdominal surgery, they're like you like why are you walking why do you have a smile on your face like do you need any pain meds and I'm like no I'm fine they're like can we give you Tylenol and I'm like no like thanks but that's okay because after awesome. I had surgery um the morning after I didn't sleep all night because like you don't realize how much you use those muscles until you can't use them like I got out of surgery and they're like cough and I was like I can't they're yes. like okay that's normal that's what I want and I'm like oh my gosh like I couldn't blow my nose I couldn't like I shouldn't laugh I couldn't sneeze um and I couldn't push myself up in bed so I had like slid down and I was like very uncomfortable and I was like with all of my pride trying to push myself up in bed and it was like 35 minutes of me trying to do that in the middle of the night before I called my nurse I was like I can't do it <laughs> um but the next morning I asked for morphine or I agreed to morphine because I thought, great, I'm going to get like 
it's just going to knock me out. I'm going to sleep. Um, my doctor had ordered like five to 10 milligrams IM and she came in with 10 and I was like, I only want five. She's like, I already have 10 drawn up. And I was like, I only want five. <laughs> um, so she like shot half of it into the sink or something like that. Or I know it was the, the bin. Um, and then um, she gave it to me and it was the worst experience of my entire life. I wasn't in any pain. So I didn't really get it for pain relief. I got it for sleeping. Cause I, you can't get a sleeping pill at eight o'clock in the morning. Right. They're not going to do that. Um, but my eyes were basically like glued shut, but I was fully awake. So it took me my, uh, me like 45 minutes to text my mom back because she just wanted to know what I wanted from booster juice, like a smoothie, but I would like start to message her. And then my eyes would just glue shut but I would continue to message her. So when my eyes would open up again, I just had like a screen of gibberish. There was, it was not coherent. There was not a single word. So I had to delete everything. By the time I deleted everything, my eyes would close again. So after that, I vowed like no pain medicine. I don't even need Tylenol. Like I'll just muster through. Um, and yeah, um, other than that, I was more of a concern than my daughter. Um, she would have, happily stayed in there because she was still horizontal she was not head down at all she would have just um lived her life in the womb longer if she could have but my placenta was kind of crap in the bed so they needed to get that out (laughs) it wasn't till like three days later after she was born that I actually googled what help syndrome was and then I was like oh my god and then I looked at like the labs and where the values were and everything like that because I was still I was still a student, so I knew a little bit, but I was, I didn't have everything memorized. And I was like, oh my gosh, I could have died. Yes. Yeah. I looked at it. I was like, serious. Yeah. I looked at it and I was like, oh my gosh, I could have died. I was like, she could have died. We could have died. And I think that's when it all hit me. And that's right around when the same time that you get like your low baby blues. So I think like for a long time after that, like while she was in the NICU and everything, my husband both looked at each, uh, we looked at each other and we said, one and done. We're not doing this again. Like clearly our first round did not go great. And I was like, we're never doing this again. Like this was crazy insane. Like I don't like I don't even think he processed all of it himself because he just had to stand on the sidelines and just watch. Right. Like what could he do? Right. Right. Yeah. And and for anybody who doesn't know, obviously preeclampsia is like I mean, the classic characteristic is like that high, that high blood pressure. Mainly people get like the swelling, the high blood pressure, the headaches, their eyes feel really heavy. They can see like blurry vision and then it can progress to eclampsia, which is where like seizures start getting involved. And then help syndrome is H-E-L-L-P. So it stands for um, hemolysis, elevated liver enzymes and low platelets. It's literally the, the three things that help syndrome is it actually spells out if that makes sense. Like the the H and then the EL elevated liver yeah, and it's then like LP, an acronym or something. Platelet. Yes, essentially. Um, and as we can tell from your story, you know, it's very serious preeclampsia and health syndrome, especially combined, and they can progress really, really quickly. Um, and you know, a huge thing you worry about with the high blood pressure, of course, with the preeclampsia more so is just like a placental eruption where your blood pressure is just pulsing. Um, so, so strongly, I guess it would be the word that it can mm-hmm. kind of like knock the placenta off the uterine wall. Um, and yeah, there's a whole slew of, of things. And normally, you know, like in your case, um, delivery of the baby normally does, you know, cure the syndrome eventually. Um, it can definitely mm-hmm. take some time, but, um, yeah, I mean, you're, I, I don't blame you for saying one and done because, um, 
that definitely is a lot for a first pregnancy. And, and, you know, it sounds like your body was giving you all the signs and symptoms, you know, for, for a little while prior. Um, but then your blood pressure, it seems like it kept kind of like restabilizing. So then they would kind of just like let you go home. Right. Um, yeah. So like when they discharged me the first time, um, after my first stint in antiquarium, um, my blood pressure had kind of like stabilized a little bit. I didn't, the first time I didn't need any medication to stabilize my blood pressure. Um, they just gave me the steroid shots and they told me that moms with preeclampsia typically deliver before 37 weeks. So that's why I got the steroid shot and yeah, um, they discharged me Monday morning and I was back Thursday morning and I had a baby Thursday night. Mm -hmm. So it's just like, all of it happened, all of my symptoms and everything like went downhill in six days. Right. Cause it first started the Friday before, and then I delivered on the Thursday. So it was just a whirlwind. Yes, it definitely. And like, this was four and a half years ago. So I'm probably forgetting something, but that's like, honestly, I feel like you just told that in very like great detail for it being four and a half years ago. Well, thank you. Um, it's kind of like burned into my. Memory, I was about to so. say it's probably like a little bit like traumatizing, burned into your brain for sure. Oh, for sure. Like I feel like I did have like some sort of like mild PTSD, PTSD oh, afterwards. Yeah. yeah. No, that I mean that everything that you went through, one hundred percent warrants that. You know, pregnancy is one of the most like nerve wracking times in general, because, you know, our bodies are responsible for growing this human and, and we can't control anything in there. You know, you couldn't control getting help syndrome. You couldn't control preeclampsia. And then, you know, a C-section on a day that you weren't even expecting to have a baby for, you know, almost two months. Um, definitely, you're definitely allowed to have a little bit of PTSD from that, which is probably why you were like, I'm not doing this again. Oh, for sure. It took me a a year before, after, like, after she turned one, before I looked at my husband, I was like, I would consider doing this again, but not till she's older. Yeah. And it was funny because my, um, my OB, my first one, when I saw him at my six week appointment, um, he was like, don't be afraid to have another baby. I give it some time, let your body heal because you did have a C-section. And he was like this typical, old school, like Asian doctor. So he, their mannerisms, like they're very much like very serious. Mm -hmm. And he looked at me and he said, you know, as long as you have the same baby daddy for the second one, you should be okay. You shouldn't get help. (laughs) And I was cracking up that he called my husband a baby daddy. A baby daddy. I love that. (laughs) I thought it because it's like, he was always so professional. His mannerisms were always so serious. Like he would answer my questions, but he was always like forward and straight to the point. Yeah. Um, so when he said baby daddy, baby I was daddy. like, oh my gosh, this is hilarious. All right. So like I said, I split Brianne's birth stories into two separate podcasts. So that was part one. That was her first birth story. So make sure you guys come back next week to listen to part two and hear all about Brianne's second birth. Thank you for listening to another episode of What The Bump. Make sure to follow us over on Instagram at WhatTheBumpCLT. Check out our website, WhatTheBumpCLT.com. Make sure to leave a review on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, or whatever platform you are listening on. And tune in every Monday at 9 a.m. for a new episode. Remember that this podcast is for educational purposes only. I will see you next week in the next episode.